Hello and welcome to the ISBA BursaCast podcast. This episode is part of a special edition series where we speak to a number of the headline sponsors of the upcoming ISBA annual conference. Rather than keep you waiting, let's just jump straight in and introduce our guest. Today we have a special guest who is a leading figure in the school uniform industry. He is the co-founder of School Blazer, a company that has been providing high-quality school uniform solutions to independent schools across the UK for over a decade. He is also a passionate advocate for sustainable and ethical business practices. Please join me in welcoming Robin Horsell, who will be sharing his thoughts on the challenges and opportunities facing independent schools when it comes to school uniform procurement. We'll be discussing how School Blazer has been innovating to provide more sustainable and affordable uniform options for schools, as well as his insights on how schools can work with suppliers to create a more sustainable and responsible supply chain. Without further ado, let's dive into the conversation with Robin. And may I just add, thank you so much for being here. Pleasure. Nice to be with you. Not at all. Thanks for taking the time. It's going to be great to chat about all things School Blazer and uniforms. I guess something that perhaps isn't always on the forefront of Bursa's minds. Well, Leah, I think I'd I'd beg to differ, actually. I think that if you ask most Bursa's what actually consumes most of their time, there'll be three things, catering, cleaning, and school uniforms. And it's it's probably the the thing they least like doing, but the thing they have to spend too much time on. Well, it's a good job you're on hand to make things go smoothly then. Well, I think so. I think it's, you know... I started the company um, 18 years ago because I was a parent and I, I'd lived the misery of buying school uniform myself. And I think that, you know, I think a personal experience is always a good foundation for a company because you've lived that consumer experience and you know that you can make it better. So I was, I was a, a director of a big Marks and Spencer clothing supplier, so I knew the rag trade. But actually, I didn't know anything about independent schools. But what I did know was I was a consumer of, of school uniform and the, and the service I'd been given was pathetic, actually, and it need, something needed to be done about it. So that was 18 years ago. Can you pinpoint the, the real pain points that you had with it? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, I won't mention the school in question. They probably, they probably know who <laughs> we, they we are. We can beep it out, um, don't worry. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they they were they were running to you know it's very typical. Schools have this idea of running school shops because they think that's the best way to serve parents, and and that was what my particular school was doing. And the answer is they're not you know you can't be in education and be in retail, and this is a very complex area of retail. You're looking after a very wide range of sizes and with a huge proliferation of garments and actually getting the right garment on the right child at the right price in the right size is actually very hard. Um, But, you know, at the time, schools felt they could do that. And as a result of which, they were using precious school space and precious school cash to deliver a, a fairly parlous service to parents so it was just a really it, it struck me at the time as just being something a they shouldn't be doing and something that actually I thought we could do better. I suppose you're right in that schools are focusing on education rather than retail as you say so that distinction between high-end retail and school shop experience it didn't make sense to you. Yeah. Well, I think that's right. I think, you know, you, I think, you, you know, I think the one thing that Bursas and Robin Horstel agree on is that we're dealing with a very demanding set of consumers. You know, typically our consumers 
are you know in the top certainly the top 10 percent earners in the country they have they're both they're usually both working so they they have very high expectations of service and you know i always use the analogy of you know you get shown round by the headmaster the new 10 15 i think 20 million pound sports center and shown how fabulous the school is and then the next thing is you're sent to the school shop, which is in a prefabricated building that had been condemned by for educational purposes, but seemed perfectly fit to put your school shop in, and that was exactly the experience I had. And it just didn't, it just didn't ring with the rest of the service that the school was apparently providing. Um, on top of which, you know, the shop was open. You know, I think there was just some real mismatches between the service provision and the expectation of the customer the the shops were typically open during the working week well you know my experience with independent school parents is there they are almost inevitably both working so their most precious commodity in their lives is time and yet the shop was open during the working week when they couldn't get to it anyway so it was just not really very carefully thought through I felt, so the the vision for School Blazer in 2004 was to deliver an exemplary online service, which you've got to remember, I know we all shop online routinely now, but in 2004, online wasn't where we went to shop. We went on the high street. Uh, So really great online service. And that's tricky because you're dealing with sizing. So how do you get sizing right in an online environment? The second thing was to look at the garments in a different way. And I think the school uniform industry at the time, and to some extent still is, has been, had been incredibly lazy about innovating. So, the, you know, the same blazer had been sold year in, year out without any technical innovation, washability, all those sort of things. And I felt having worked with M&S for such a long time, we could bring all sorts of technological advancements to garments that would meet the expectations of parents. So it's no good selling a parent a polyester blazer when they're used to wearing 100% wool garments themselves. So you've got to meet their expectations and also make sure those, you know, those garments and the service delivery is in step with what the school's about. So, you know, if the school's all about educational excellence, which by and large our customers are, then make sure that every part of the service you provide to parents is meeting that expectation. You know, we both have the same customers, parents, and it's very important that we deliver to them. Yeah, absolutely. I think being able to offer that high-end experience both in your service and also in the product is clearly massively important for you guys and there's something that's always been at the center of it. Yeah, absolutely. I think the you know, things that what I've found Leo is things that, you know, we measure our customer service. You know, we're slavish about about measuring our customer service. So we survey all of our customers over the summer. You know, we have over 95% customer satisfaction with our service which has been hard earned, you know, and parents love the service we provide. And I think the the reason they do is because we have a, a brilliant intelligent sizing system on the website, which allows them to get sizing right. Parents hate returns. I just said to you, the most precious thing in their lives is time. So having to send something back is a nuisance. So you've got to get fit right. We sew name tapes on. So the, you know, the things that, you know, these, this is just listening to your customers. So what, what drives customers mad? Well, Shopping for school uniform is pretty miserable. Um, it's closely followed by sewing name tapes on. So we take that pain of shopping away. We take this pain of uh, sewing name tapes uh, away. And even small enhancements that we've done, you know, in more recent years, for instance, you know, we read from our survey from our parents that they used to worry. They tend to shop with us very late. Um, you know, it doesn't matter how, how much we incentivize them to shop with us early. They shop with us 
last week of August before back to school. And everybody's in a massive panic then because they've left it too late. What we realised was actually we could help them because what they said to us was when they sent a return back, they went down to the post office, which is all prepaid, returns are free, so it's not a cost to them. Uh, but what they said to us was, you know, we worry because we've sent this parcel back by Royal Mail. It's gone back into the Royal Mail black hole and we wonder when you'll get it. The first time they know that we've got it is when we get an email to say we've received your return. So we changed that about two years ago and on returns are now all online. So parents go onto the website, they say, we're sending you a 34 back, we want a 36. We immediately dispatch the 36 before they before they send the 34 back and it's those small things it's those small details that make a difference to their lives anything that can improve take stress away from them is what is at the heart of what we do at school blazer yeah fantastic i think that experience is one that regardless of the sector is one that everyone wants to have so the fact that independent school parents can enjoy that is fantastic and in in practical terms you offer services both to parents and for schools in terms of sports clothing and stuff like that as well yeah, we do. I mean, the, the the critical part of our service is to, and again, this is probably how we can help bursars, is to make sure that we can provide a one-stop shop. So that means that uh, most of our schools take advantage of our uniform, all of our sportswear, our limitless sportswear, and staff kit for the sports staff. Um, and, and what that does for the, the bursars, I think bursars pull their hair out because they find the sports department's gone off and done a deal with so-and-so and, you know, who's paying for that? I thought I'd given you a budget. It's, you know, it's, it's so to some extent, and that's that to some extent has made us the sports department's enemy, but the bursar's friend, yeah. um, because it's, it's, it's managed to give the bursar control over a department that was largely out of control. Uh, but moreover, it, it gives brand control for the school as well. We control all of the external branding of garments. So everything is the right colour, crested the right way. You know, it, it's it's done in a in a professional manner. And and I think that's one of the things that I'd certainly a lot of schools that I've dealt with have, have got, in fact, I'm dealing with one in the next couple of weeks, where they've got sports staff going around in one with one brand and one color they've got the kids going around in another color and it and it's just not representing the 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 brand values of the school anymore so we try and make sure that providing a one-stop shop uh gives clarity for the bursars it gives it gives control for the bursars and it means you've got one supplier rather than four or five or even ten in some cases yeah so it just makes life easier yeah i think that anything that can simplify that journey is of course a win yeah, absolutely. And so, I mean, looking forward for the next bit of time, obviously the world's constantly changing, technological advancements constantly changing. What is the future do you see in, say, the next five, 10 years for School Blazer? What developments have you got on the horizon? I think the, I mean, you know, garment innovation, having come from a fashion retailer to a school uniform retailer is quite alarming to see the lack of innovation. I've already mentioned that. And I don't think we're not in the fashion business, let me be clear, but I think what we are in is a business that can show, that can innovate. Um, so we can we can do things with garments uh, because we source all of our garments direct. We can do pretty much anything. So, you know, I think, you know, there's been a lot of talk about people not wearing suits anymore and post-pandemic, everybody going around in jogging bottoms and sweat tops. Well, you know, I might be a bit old fashioned, but I believe that part of education is also about teaching children how to present themselves and look smart and uh, I think the 
formal wear is still fundamental to school uniform. I think it's a le- everybody talks about it being a leveller. But I think it's important that children get up in the morning, put their uniform on and feel presentable and look smart. And I think that's, I think the this kind of agenda that says people are going to stop wearing suits is is not correct. And actually, if you go down to the City of London, you'll see that most most ladies and gentlemen are wearing formal wear. They might not be wearing ties anymore, but they are wearing a suit jacket and a Pair, a nice pair of trousers. So I think the I think there's there's opportunities within our garment innovation to deliver some differentiation. So using knitwear more, you know, you don't always have to have a jacket on to look smart. You can still look smart with knitwear and a nice skirt or a nice trouser. Moreover, I think there's I think one of the things that we're very we're very focused on at the moment is sustainability. You know, the garment industry is the villain of the piece uh, in terms of sustainability, carbon footprint. You know, forget aviation and shipping. Um, if you want to see where, you know, the, the carbon foot, global carbon footprint is, it's banging the garment industry. And I think we've got a, a large job to do on sustainability. We have uh, a very clear strategy on sustainability. So we have, uh, we're already carbon neutral. Uh, albeit we offset our carbon uh, footprint but also i think the the thing with uh, school uniform is the the wonderful thing about school uniform is you know sustainability is all about durability most of our garments get worn two three four five hundred times you know whereas the average fashion garment you'll be alarmed to hear is worn, worn uh, an average of seven times you know this is the oh problem. my god and, and I know. And I think we've got a job, you know, I think there's, and, and unfortunately I often say when I'm doing focus groups with 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 the, with the students, you know, the teenage, you know, the kids that are shopping on Pretty, pretty Little Thing and Boohoo are the, are the villains of the piece, actually, because they're, and I know I've got two daughters, so I can speak with some authority here, is they buy things because they're cheap and they never wear them. And that's the problem. So we've we've got a responsibility as a uniform supplier to get those messages out to our students. And we're doing that. We do sustainability presentations with our partner schools. It's a really important message. But also, what are we doing about things like single-use plastic? So we're, you know, we've taken single-use plastics out of the supply chain through to our customers. Um, we're working on uh, areas such as cotton production. Cotton production is very uh, consuming on the world's resources, most particularly water. So we're working to ensure that we uh, use Better Cotton Initiative, which is better sourced, uh, where the farmers are educated about using recycled water, not fresh water, to produce uh, uh, cotton. And the other yarn uh, is polyester, which, of course, polyester is the most used yarn in the garment industry. And uh, we are uh, working by the end of next year, we'll be using almost exclusively recycled polyester in all of our garments, so all of our sportswear and our uniform. And it's not it's not simple. It's actually quite a big task to to move over to that. So by 2025, I'm pleased to say, Leo, that we'll be right. We're, we'll be at the leading edge of sustainability. And also, you know, I know the other thing that concerns parents and should rightly, as well as sustainability and and bursas, is is ethics. You know, this is an industry that has been uh, that hasn't had the greatest reputation in terms of ethical trading. We're the only school where. Uh, Associate, well, we're the only, only schoolware retailer that's that's a member of the Ethical Trading Initiative. Uh, the Ethical Trading Initiative is a group of European retailers that work to unethical standards. So, and it's not about, it's actually not about making sure child labour isn't being, you know, child labour is not used in the garment industry. It's often talked about, but not often used. It's about making sure you support your, your, um, 
your manufacturers. So, for instance, we work uh, our skirts uh, and our knitwear are made in Sri Lanka. As you know, they've been through a epic economic and political turmoil over the last, uh, well, during the pandemic, they had the terrible bomb in 2018, 2019 that killed their, gar- their, their tourist industry. So they've only got tourism and garments. And if the garment industry leaves Sri Lanka, they've got nothing. So we made sure that, you know, we don't desert countries that are going through political turmoil. We stay with them and work with them because we know that's their future. And that's what the Ethical Trade Initiative is all about, is making sure that you're pursuing uh, and, and supporting your um, your existing manufacturers, not just running to the next country every time there's a, there's a problem. I mean, amazing to be mindful of all of this from a business point of view, while also taking care of business development massive from a bursting point of view i guess a real peace of mind in knowing that your supplier is sustainable especially with carbon net zero being so important coming up in a versus kind of calendar and world you obviously do supply an awful lot of independent schools in the sector but for those of you who perhaps you don't supply could you give a little rundown of the onboarding process and what it's like to start using school blazer yeah i mean you know it's um Leah, you, you know, you work obviously in the same areas I do. And often I think one of the things that that uh, work concerns bursars is, is you, you know, oh, it sounds like a big job, you know, is <laughs> moving supplier or moving from a school shop. Most most of our customers come from an, an, another retailer or from the, a decision to close the school shop. And actually, it's not that difficult. You know, the, the, there's a fear of, of, there's always a fear of change. Um, but actually, parents, uh, you know, we've built a business. We, we supply over 230 schools, um, having started with one in 2004. So unsurprisingly, there is a path, a, a well-trodden path to follow um, to change. Typically, what we do, the typical process is we meet with the schools. We, we present how the service works. We work with parents to show parents how the service works. We then work with the school to review the existing uniform. We're not here to change it, but we like schools to take advantage of our innovation, whether that be on garment or fabric or whatever. So we show them how we can improve, hopefully deliver more often than not, we, we deliver on par value price wise with the current um, the current prices sometimes we reduce prices but also there's sometimes schools say to us well as we're doing a change of, of supplier let's review the uniform and maybe upgrade it or whatever and we work with the schools to do that uh, we then run focus groups with with interested parties that might be the students if it's change certainly with parents it's always good to get i get slightly uh Hopefully this, you know, this won't go out on the BBC, but um, it'll only go to bursas. But I get slightly frustrated with with parents being over involved in what I consider to be a school a, a school project. But the the um, you know that's the nature of parents these days. They're paying fees. They feel they have a right uh, to get involved in everything. Don't always agree with it, but that's how it is. So we involve parents in the process and. Typically, we work through that. We've got a team, a very good account management team that works through with that. And, and normally, we'd run those processes between, we'll say it's February now, uh, we'd run that process through until the end of November, sign everything off by the end of November with a view that the website goes live in the June of the following year. 
Um, the stock that remains either at the school or at the retailer, we work through with the retailer or, or the school to re reduce it to clear. So there's no, there shouldn't be any liability for. There's no stock liability. The the thing that puts the fear of God into schools is, is oh, am I'm, I going to end up with a big uh, a big stock bill at the end of it and a write down? There usually is a bit of a write down, but it's not very much. Usually, there's a way of dealing with it. Yeah, fantastic. The need to keep costs down and keep time at a premium is, of course, going to be music to both parents and bursa's ears. Yeah, I think the other thing, Leo, that's worth saying is we're also pursuing a, a, a program at the moment of zero landfill. One of the issues of change uh, within the garment industry and within the school uniform industry is it creates obsolescence. So you end up with garments going into landfill. This is the other kind of project we've got. So we've got sustainability, ethical trading, and also zero landfill. And we're working to ensure that any, even secondhand garments, don't end up in landfill. So any new garments, we work with a charity in Albania to, where our uh, new garments will end up. So they're clothing children, poor children, actually in the Ukraine as well, but um, mainly Albania. Uh, so they get repurposed there. And then any second-hand garments we're looking to repurpose, so they're going into uh, things like building insulation. If I was speaking to you in six months' time, I'd like to be able to tell you that we're now a zero landfill organisation, as well as ethical trade initiative, as well as you know having a very clear sustainability strategy. Yeah, I mean, just to echo what I said previously, in incredible that you guys are working to do so much. And I'm sure there's a huge amount of pressure from the... Uh, garment industry to make sure all of this is being done and so at least you know for bursas who are using you it's another layer of peace of mind but aside from all of that what are the kind of biggest challenges that you face as a business aside from the ethical and sustainable side of things um i think uh, i think it would be fair to say brexit wasn't any great yeah. help to us <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, fair enough so i think um you know brexit has you know we we buy uh, we buy a lot of our garments in US dollars, so inevitably that has given us some pain uh, post-Brexit with the devaluation of the pound uh, and continues to be a pain. Uh, you know, our, our ability to buy has been diminished by the devaluation of our currency. I think the, so I think there's, you know, that continues to be something that is is challenging. I think the cost of living crisis is something we're very aware of. You know, we know that uh, everybody's gas bill, mine, yours, everybody's gone up and that therefore even paying the fees is difficult. So we've got initiatives to make sure. So, we're, you know, we've just finished actually only yesterday. We finished our spring sale where we took 30 to well up to 30 percent off all of our most of our uniform and sportswear. Again, just to help parents, it helps us as well. It brings some cash in, quite honestly, a difficult, usually, a, a, you know, low sales point in, in the company's calendar. But I think, and, and clearly, like uh, most most bursas, uh, we kind of worry about a change of government a little bit. And, you know, Keir Starmer's policy on independent schools, which I completely disagree with, unsurprisingly. But, you know, there's some political points to goring going on. And, uh, you know, that could be damaging to the independent sector. And we are, we only supply the independent sector. We're very focused about that. So, you know, our fortunes are inextricably linked to the sector's fortunes. So, uh, but also I'm, I'm a realist, Leo. I can't spend time worrying about things that I can't do anything about. 
So what I do is I spend my time worrying about things I can do something about. Uh, I can't do do much apart from use my vote, but (laughs) I'm not sure that'll get me very far, you know? Well, that's a good mantra to live by, definitely. I'm not going to take up much more of the time, but final thing is, are there any things that you really think people should know about Schoolblazer who don't currently have you as a supplier, who haven't taken the leap? Is there anything that you think might be important to understand? I think the thing that worries bursters more than anything else is kind of taking this giant leap out of an on-site store or a shop in a market town to being online. And I think the, you know, this is what you have to realize with school uniform. It is a commodity. You know, you can't, you can't decide to have a different quality of blazer. You know, the, the school blazer is the school blazer or the school tweed jacket is the school tweed jacket. And most parents, as I've already said, if, if time is their most precious commodity, then they just want to get this this done over and done with as quickly as possible. And I think the, my final point, Leon, I think it's quite telling that we looked after over 90,000 children last summer. The average time spent on the School Blazer website was five minutes. So I think that kind of just sums up. So the, the the schools that maybe the deputy head or the headmaster saying our parents love to go to the school shop or they love you know they like the the opportunity to go and have that pastoral experience I would argue strongly against that because I think that data kind of just shows the amount of time they want to spend on this so just so the message really is you're not experts in retail give it give this you know consider giving it to people that only do independent school uniform because that's what we're about we're industry experts our intelligent sizing system helps parents get sizing right i've not even mentioned it but our returns rate you know our right our right first time fit is 95% i don't want to sound too arrogant about it because we're constantly learning you know there's always things we're wanting to improve but i think that you know i think it's the way forward and we're passionate about online we don't offer we don't pretend that we're multi-channel retailers we're not you know amazon doesn't pretend to be multi-channel it's an online retailer that's what we are in the world of school uniform yeah some impressive stats there and it's it's great to hear that you're so passionate about what you do i mean surely as a business owner there's not much more you could you could want well yeah i mean uh, leah i just you know final point you know we've we've been we're a successful company you know i started the company from literally from my front room in 2004 our turnover in 2004 was 35,000 pounds our turnover this year will be around about 24 million pounds and and although i'm the founder of the company with my business partner tim you know there's there's a great team of people behind me in school blazer and actually those are the people that have really made school blazer a success and there i hope you can see from this interview the passion i have for in what we do at school blazer and, and what we believe in but i can tell you that passion is shared right the way through the business through operations through buying through merchandising through customer service and i think that's what that's what's made us a successful business is everybody believes you know and it, and they and the, we have a good time we you know we we the company's culture is one of having fun. Um, that's what we you know. We, we, uh, you know, we work to live, not live to work. So, well, what a, f- a fantastic positive note to end on. Hopefully, bursars feel the same way about their work, but who knows? Yeah, <laughs> I certainly hope so. Awesome. Right, I'll let you jump off. Thank you so much for your time. All right. Cheers, Leo. Thank you. And there we are, the end of our chat with Robin Horsell. We hope you enjoyed the conversation. I had a great time recording it. Thank you very much to Robin for coming on and chatting with me. 
As always, if you'd like to get in touch with the podcast, please email podcast at the isba.org.uk. And otherwise, we'll catch you next week on Thursday with the next ISBA Burster Cast and Friday with a new special edition episode. How lucky you bursters truly are. That's all from me. I'll catch you next week. Have a lovely weekend and uh, farewell. <laughs>